0: Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Your house protects you from the world and other people. So when it becomes haunted, it's the most terrifying thing. Your sense of safety is taken away because where do you go to hide from the monsters when the monsters are in your home or in your bed? Today's episode is filled to the brim with tales about homes so haunted that not even throwing the covers over your head will keep you safe from the shadows lurking in the corners. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from Jen's Game, who wasn't aware about the previous occupant's grisly history. I've been listening to your podcast for a while and decided to give my own scary bathroom experience story I had when I was 14 years old. I am pretty sure that you have read my bunny story, but anyways, let's get into this story. I always showered at night as it helped me to sleep comfortably. One night, I believe it was a Tuesday night, I was showering in my bathroom when someone tried to open the bathroom door. I thought it was just my mom, so I shouted from inside, I'm inside mom! but my mother did not reply. It was kind of weird to me because my mom always replied, but I ignored it. The next morning, when I asked my mom about why she didn't reply yesterday, she looked at me confused and asked me what I was talking about. I told her about it all, but my mother said that she wasn't awake last night and didn't remember trying to open the bathroom door. I was scared as a 14-year-old, but decided to ignore it. The next night, I was in my bedroom scrolling through my phone and watching some videos. When I heard the bathroom door open slowly, then it just slammed shut. I was scared, but I went to check on the bathroom. My mom wasn't home as she was on a business trip and I was home alone thinking that someone had broken in. I went to check and saw the bathroom door was open again. I went inside and saw all the shampoo bottles scattered on the bathroom floor. I picked them up and went to my room to sleep, but as soon as I closed my bedroom door, I heard the bathroom door open again. This time, I was scared as hell, so I locked my bedroom door and stayed awake the whole night. The next morning, when I unlocked my bedroom door, I saw that the whole house was trashed. I was extremely scared. I cleaned the house fast and called my best friend, who was super religious. For this story, let's call him Mike. I told Mike everything, and he told me that he could feel a very bad presence at my house and that he felt very uncomfortable staying here. I stayed at Mike's house for the rest of the week until my mom arrived, and I told her everything. The blood drained from her face. She told me that before we moved here, there was a 92-year-old man who lived here, but he was murdered, and after that, the house is said to be haunted. After two months of living there, we moved out. Now, I'm not sure if I could stay in a place that had a history of death or murder on the premises. They're always ripe for having ghostly experiences, and of course, it's never going to be the friendly kind. And I'm glad you got out of there, but two months in a haunted house is still way too long for me. Jiraterra tells us of a lone fishing trip with an unexpected and unexplainable phenomenon. to preface this by saying I am by no means a believer in paranormal type things. However, I can't quite explain this experience. Earlier today, I was out in the woods doing some fishing on a relatively small lake in a small one-person dinghy boat. I was in the dead center of this lake and had caught a few fish but felt the spot was getting pretty quiet for bites. So, I decided to bring up my anchor and looked for a new spot. As I was setting my anchor in the boat, I started to hear this extremely unnerving music. It's hard to describe, but it was almost like a metallic sounding instrument with a very horror type sound and had about 10 or 12 notes repeating. I assumed it had to be something in my boat making the sound as it sounded like it was very close and all around me. I checked my anchor thinking maybe it made the music, then checked my phone which was on silent and I had no reception at all. I eventually just stayed dead still and listened. After excluding everything and hearing it clear as day, it freaked me the hell out. I decided to get out of there ASAP. I'm not sure if it stopped or if I couldn't hear over my paddling, but by the time I reached the shore, it was gone. To put more context, I was alone and extremely deep in the wilderness where very few vehicles can reach. Seeing people in the area is an extreme rarity and beyond that, the lake I was at has only one access road and there was no sign of anybody coming that way. The music also didn't sound far away or echoey. It was quite clear and very eerie. It also didn't sound like any kind of wind chime or any kind of wildlife. I've frequented this lake for many years and have never heard it before. But I am certain it was absolutely melodic and had musical intention behind it, not just wind or trees banging together. Just for a last bit of context, this was in the Okanagan area of British Columbia. If anyone has any explanation for this or ideas, all I have so far from Google is possibly an auditory hallucination, but I am absolutely certain it was real, as it was so vivid and clear. Picture it now, that sounds straight out of a horror movie. There are so many ideas your encounter could be, cryptids, aliens, or even something historical with the area. If anyone familiar with that part of British Columbia who may know of any historical connections could chime in, maybe there are some answers here. I've never heard of someone hearing a horror movie grade phantom music out in the middle of nowhere. So I'd be interested to find out if anyone else has experienced something similar or what the listeners think. Our next spooky tale comes from E. Smith from Michigan, who can never forget a paranormal encounter no matter how many decades have passed. I've thought about this ever since I was 6 or 7. I'm 39 now. But the moment was so terrifying that it has stuck with me all these years and replays in my mind so vividly that I will never forget the moment, play by play. So, when I was little, like I said, 6 or 7, I was laying in bed trying to sleep for the longest time, but I couldn't. I remember looking at my digital clock and saw that it was just a little past 3 a.m., The way my bedroom was located in my house at the time, I could look through my doorway, through the hall, and into our den slash TV room where my dad was watching TV. My whole room was dark with the exception of the minimal amount of light that was being emitted from the den where my dad was. Then all of a sudden, I got the eerie sense that something was wrong or about to happen. I was really scared, so as children do when they're in bed and are scared. I covered my entire body and head with my sheet. After I did this, I felt as though, and sensed, that there was a face or a presence right over mine, just on the other side of the sheet. All of the sudden, my bed started to jolt and shake violently, as if there were six or so people underneath, full on kicking the underside of my mattress on all four corners and the center. It was like they were on their backs and had a full leg length to do so. All four corners, as well as the center of my bed, were being jolted up and back down the box spring. Again and again, the bed was being jolted and shook. I'm sure what was only mere seconds seemed like minutes of enduring this conscious nightmare. I just remember looking and seeing my father in the other room and trying to scream, but nothing would come out. Not even a squeak. All I wanted was for him to come into the room, witness what was happening and stopping it from happening, or scoop me up and take me away from there, but neither would happen. I know I wasn't dreaming or imagining this because it went from that happening and continuing to happen to me physically standing up on my bed whilst this was going on to getting a running start on the bed and then landing in the hallway. I didn't want what I could only imagine might be under the bed to get me, I went straight into our den or TV room where my father was. All I could do was look and stare into my dark room and know that at some point, I was going to have to go back in there and get into that same bed. I was terrified. To this day, I remember this event as if it were yesterday. I never did find out if the house had someone die in it while they lived there. It still makes me wonder about it. In this case, I have to lean towards the supernatural as being what caused my bed to shake because there were a lot of other things about that house that were off-putting in a real creepy, ghostly, demonic way. I would never want that to happen to me now. I'm surprised that I'm not in therapy today from what happened then. Has this ever happened to anyone else? Okay... Uh, what in the poltergeist heck was that? Your experience was very similar to what happens to a lot of people during sleep paralysis, but you were clearly not paralyzed during this encounter. I would be surprised and amazed to hear of anyone else who may have had a similar situation to this one. What really had my goosebumps going was you feeling like there was someone above you with their face close to yours. If I close my eyes and even try to imagine it, immediate chills just go straight down my arms. That really freaks me out. Now Alistair O'Connor tells us childhood stories of two haunted houses. I have been wanting to share my experiences with others for a long time but unsure who would take me seriously in real life so i thought i would share here i'll keep the details brief and factual i grew up in scotland and throughout my childhood i have lived in two different haunted houses so house one i moved into this house when i was five and lived there for four years it was a two-bedroom house and we were a family of four The house was seven years old when we moved into it and was an end terrace with two other homes making up the full terrace. The house sat on a steep hill that you climbed stone steps to reach and a garden. Below the house was a small car park. I remember in my bedroom often feeling like I was being watched. We had a dog that would also act strange in the house. One time he was barking and following an unseen entity in the kitchen, growling and acting defensive. We also went through two different cats that each died within a short time of being brought home, found dead both in the house and in the garden. Vets cited unexplained death. In this home, I had two experiences. One evening when I was seven, I finished having a bath and put on my pajamas. My mom continued to bathe my younger brother. My dad was away working abroad. I wanted to go watch TV and made my way downstairs. The flight of stairs was straight. When I got to the top of the stairs to walk down, I saw a man standing at the bottom of the stairs. He was solid at the top and his legs were see-through, so he had no feet. My second experience involved being in bed. I was fully awake and not long in bed. I rolled over to my side and saw a young child sitting on the floor next to my bed where I kept my toys. I sat up, looked at the child, and then looked towards my brother's bed to check it wasn't him. My brother was in his bed. When I looked back, the child was gone. In this house, my mom also saw a hooded monk in her bedroom. The neighbor living next door also saw from her bedroom window, a hooded monk floating in the car park. My dad had no experiences apart from one evening having the hairs on his body stand up straight and feeling an evil presence behind him in the hallway. My dad is a skeptic. We moved out to buy a new house. The family that moved in after us suffered an awful haunting, for some reason much more active and threatening than what we had experienced and had the church come in to cleanse the house three times before moving out. Now, house two. This house was about 200 years old and located in the same village. We moved in when I was nine and stayed for only three years before moving away. My first experience involved my friend and I when we were playing outside. I was about 11 at the time, so it was during bright daylight hours. We both saw a large orb about the size of a dish plate float down the front garden and then into the kitchen via an open window before disappearing. The kitchen was full of adults, none of which saw it. My other experience involved walking up the stairs one night after using the downstairs toilet to go back to bed. An unintelligible voice whispered or blew very loudly in my ear. I felt the breath against my cheek, in my ear, and my reaction was, after freezing still for a moment and shock and horror, to scream and cry and run away to my parents' room. This was the most terrifying experience out of all of them for me. It felt like something was making me afraid on purpose every babysitter we had complained to my parents of hearing people walking back and forth upstairs, up and down the stairs. This only happened once when my brother and I were in bed sleeping. We had three babysitters who would often look after us and they all reported this to happen frequently. They all would check on my brother and I to make sure it wasn't us and it never was. My dad worked long hours so we often took family holidays without him. When we would be away, my dad would often hear someone in heavy boots walk up the stairs and down the hall before stopping at the bedroom door. My mom also had experiences. Whatever haunted the house would mimic people she would know, namely my aunt who lived about 90 miles away. My mom would sometimes hear my aunt, laughing and having a conversation in a room nearby. My aunt was obviously not there and the room would be empty. My mom was also tapped on the shoulder and scratched on the back of the head. She even saw a dark shadow figure in her bedroom one evening. Other strange things to take place in the house included the landline telephone ringing and then nobody being on the other end. When we would redial the number, it would cause the other landline telephone in the house to start ringing, so essentially the phones would dial and call one another. If anyone found these stories of interest or if you have any theories or even questions, I would love to hear them. curious to know the history of the first house location. Since it's a fairly young building, was there something there that was demolished to make way for a new place? The hooded monk wandering around makes me think there could be some historical significance to the area. And maybe the other entities could be from the same time period to maybe explain why they're there. It's really startling to find out that you guys were spared a more severe haunt as opposed to the family that came after you. And I wonder why that may have happened. Lots of questions in that story. Okay, so in order to prepare myself for the next story, which comes from Alice, um, this one scared the ever-living heck out of us because it's the quintessential creepy doll experience. And if you know anything about me, you know I hate dolls. Yes, the creepy doll content that no one particularly enjoys. I grew up in England in what my family referred to as an upside-down house. Basically, the row of houses were built on a hill so you entered into the upstairs, your hall, living room, dining room, kitchen, and toilet, and went downstairs for bedrooms which opened out into our garden. The house itself was never comfortable. For context, my mom found a cross necklace in her wardrobe one time. Another time, her work shirt disappeared, and she tore about the whole house, only for it to show up at the very front of her wardrobe, all pressed and clean. I'd have birthday parties where kids would line up to use the upstairs bathroom instead of daring to go use the downstairs one. Another time, I was in the downstairs bathroom, and I was singing nonsense lyrics I was making up in my head. A male voice sang the next line that I had in my head. I ran to the stairs, sat halfway up, and all I could hear was his laughter. (laughs) So yeah, fun house. The doll story still remains as the single most terrifying thing that has ever happened to me, paranormal-wise. I honestly can't recall my age, but it was before the age of 10. I had one of those bunk beds with storage underneath. The night before, I'd set up a stuffed toy sleepover in my bed. Not relevant, but there you go. I woke up that morning and didn't immediately open my eyes. I could sense someone watching me. I finally opened my eyes and notice that something feels off about the line of dolls and toys on the shelf over my wardrobe. It's a long, thin room, and this is exactly opposite of my bed. One doll's eyes feel different. They're still doll eyes, but not. No blinking or movement, but different. I can feel its eyes on me as if it were a human looking at me. That's the only way I can describe it. I close my eyes and reopen them. Nothing changes. I count to ten mentally. I throw off the covers, practically jump down the ladder and bail. I turn back at the door and I swear to god this thing is leaning out over the edge of the shelf to watch me go. I hid in my mom's bed with her, terrified it would follow me. I later cautiously went back in and stared at it, but it was a doll again. I took it down and hid it in the back of the wardrobe for who knows how long. I've never been comfortable around dolls since. Whatever was in that house, at least whatever was male, liked to scare me. I visited the street about 8 years ago after having moved out over a decade ago. The house still gives me the creeps. My mother's friend still lives down the street. She signed up for a permanent night shift at her job because she said dark shadows would peer in her window at night. She also says she senses people coming up behind her when she's home alone. So yeah, fun house, fun street. That is the most nope thing I have ever heard. Absolutely not. How dare that doll not only stare at you, but also lean out to watch you go the audacity. But, you know, I'm not here to fight with a doll, and I don't. Haunted dolls out there, leave me alone. I don't even want to imagine what could have been possessing that doll, so I'm happily moving on to our next story from AKH1704, who may have watched her two new friends slowly become possessed. Trigger warning before we get into the story, we do discuss mental health crises and suicidal thoughts. This will probably be a very long story, but I'll never forget it as long as I live. I also didn't believe in anything paranormal or outside the realm of science until this happened. I still just don't know what to make of it, to be honest, and I would love to hear what people think might have been going on. So, my freshman year of college, I moved into a dorm in a very old historic building in Florida. It was 2020 and COVID was still really bad so each student had their own room. I quickly made friends with the girl who lived directly next door, Sophie, and a girl on the third floor, Evie. On the first or second night, we got to talking about ghosts and spiritual stuff as we all realized we were very into the occult and whatnot. The third-floor girl, Evie, suggested that we make and play a Ouija board. I had tried one before at sleepovers, and it had never worked, but I was interested, and it was a super old building that was supposedly haunted, so we gave it a shot. We made the board out of cardboard, and that was the first of many nights using this thing. It worked every single time without fail, no matter what combination of people had their hands on the planchette. We eventually got a store-bought board, and no change occurred. We used this board probably every day. It became like an obsession. It's all we talked about. I'm still not sure if it was because the thought of speaking to something otherworldly was exciting, or if something else was going on. I could tell so many little stories, but I'll try to sum up the important stuff. We knew it was legit the first night we played. We were quickly introduced to the entity on the other side. It went by Shove most of the time, but occasionally by Solo or SO. I don't think we spoke to anyone but them the entire time. We tested it by asking for the name of another friend we recently made, Stepmom. It guessed correctly immediately without her having her hands on the board. We had just met her. There is no way we could have known this. On the second or third night, we asked Shove to give us a sign that they were really there. We heard a noise at the closed door to my room and looked over to see a shadow outside of it, as if someone was standing right outside the door. We opened it and of course, no one was there. We closed it and the shadow was gone. Little things happened over the course of the semester. Things would be moved that I couldn't explain. The sink in the bathroom down the hall would turn off and on by itself when nobody was around. Stuff like that. After a few weeks of this, things really started to get weird. One night, I was playing the board with Evie's boyfriend and Sophie. Evie was laying with her head in her boyfriend's lap, not touching the board. Suddenly she started panicking and hyperventilating. We thought she must be having a random panic attack or something, but she claimed she was unable to control where her eyes were looking. We went to take her out of the building because she was so freaked out, and in the lobby she swore she saw someone out of the corner of her eye saw that no one was actually there and bolted out the front doors, terrified. Shove really seemed to turn on Evie for whatever reason. On another night, not long after that one, the three of us original girls were playing the board and Evie told us her back was really hurting. She asked us to look and see if she had a really bad sunburn on her lower back. Strange, but that's what she said it felt like. There were a ton a fresh scratches on her lower back when we looked. This was scary because she was not leaning on anything and had both hands on the board. I can attach a picture of the scratches if anyone is interested. Around the time of these events, Evie started to act really strange. For the first months I knew her, she was always very calm and down to earth, but she began acting extremely short-tempered and possessive or jealous. Now this is where I'm not sure what to think. Was it a mental health crisis, or were our nightly activities causing side effects? I'm not sure I'll ever know, but I remember Evie screaming at me and stomping up the stairs to her room and being so shocked, it was so out of character. During a fight with her boyfriend, she ripped her hair out and slammed her head on the floor, and then after a week or so, she was involuntarily institutionalized after telling her therapist that she was going to take her life. This was obviously very upsetting for Sophie and me, and then Sophie had begun having suicidal thoughts. I'm not sure if this started before or after Evie left, and then one morning I woke up and checked my phone, and Sophie had gone to the hospital earlier that morning because she woke up and couldn't breathe. And it ended up being some tonsil issue, I believe, but the timing was really weird. Both Sophie and Evie ended up dropping out of college for mental health reasons. I spent the rest of the semester and the one after in that room and never had any serious issues. I had a roommate the second semester of that year and she didn't have any issues either. I played the board every once in a while to show curious friends the ghosts that lived in my room. Shove was always there but did nothing more than respond on the board. I'm still very much in touch with Sophie and Evie. Evie completely returned to her old self not long after dropping out. Whether this was due to the removal of stressful college work or being away from that building for good, I'll never know. Was she possessed? Who was Shove? Was Shove even real, or did we just make him up because we desperately wanted to believe something else was out there? I'll probably never get any answers, but I guess at least I have a good story to tell at parties. First of all, I'm glad that both of your friends turned out all right. Here at the show, we take mental health very seriously. It's a super serious issue that should always be taken seriously, no matter what the cause is. We can only speculate what was happening to Sophie and Evie, but playing the Ouija boards can have unintended and unexplainable consequences, as we found out. Now, Altruistic Study 166 brings us our final story about a possessive entity. I was dating a guy not long ago. We did chat about our weird ghost experiences, and he said a lot of weird stuff happens around him. It didn't really bother me, as most things aren't sinister. At his house, you would hear walking down the corridors, knocking strange smells that seemed to just appear and stick around. His son used to turn to us and ask us, who else was in the house, or ask, who's that? It was fairly innocent stuff, until about a month ago. I woke up in the night and went for a cigarette. I went to the toilet and then got back into bed. I heard a creak by the door and wondered if it was his child. It wasn't. This huge, slim shadow stood by the door and I mean huge. I've seen stuff before and didn't get a scared feeling but this literally filled me with dread and horror. I was trying to shake the guy I was dating awake but he wasn't waking up. And I heard a weird laughter and just the words, MINE. Mine. Then the shadow disappeared. I didn't sleep and left when the sun came up. We talked about it later in the day and the guy is fully aware of it. It's moved with him everywhere he goes and his son has seen it too and sleepwalks since he first saw it. The son once slept walked over to me and just leaned in my face whispering. Since I saw it that night... The guy's mental health has deteriorated so poorly. He just lays in bed, doesn't eat, lashes out, and I had to walk away. Does anyone else have a similar experience or something like that? Something definitely has a hold on this poor guy and may even be moving on to his son. I hope that that's not the case and I hope that they both get help and are safe and okay. I hope you don't feel bad that you had to get yourself out of that situation instead of remaining with him. If he's aware of what is going on, then he may have invited this entity into his life and you're not responsible for that. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tales to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice and share us with a friend. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Jesse Hawk. Writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer for the show is Neeks at WeTalkOfDreams. Check him out on Twitter at WeTalkOfDreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. And also send him a tweet and Jesse a tweet because they both recently just got engaged. Audio engineering provided by Chez at Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that?